Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss' The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 807. A bright glitter caught my eye, and I turned to see a thick gold bar nestled in the dark earth among the roots of the tree. Was it truly gold? I bent and touched it. It was chill under my fingers, and was too heavy for my single hand to pry up from the ground. How much did it weigh? Forty pounds? Fifty? Enough gold for me to stay at the university forever, no matter how viciously they raised my tuition. I slowly made my way around the trunk of the sword tree and saw a fluttering piece of silk hanging from a low branch. There was another sword of a more ordinary sort hanging from the same white cord. There were three blue flowers tied with a blue ribbon. There was a tarnished vintage halfpenny. There was a long, flat whetstone dark with oil. Then I came to the other side of the tree and saw my loot case leaning casually against the trunk. Seeing it there, knowing someone had gone into my room and taken it from under my bed, filled me with a sudden, terrible rage. It was all the worse knowing what the Adem thought of musicians. It meant they knew I wasn't merely a barbarian, but a cheap and tawdry whore as well. It had been left there to taunt me. I had called the name of the wind in the grip of a terrible anger before, in Imra, after Ambrose had broken my lute. And I had called it in terror and fury to defend myself against Valurian. But this time the knowledge of it hadn't come to me borne on the back of some strong emotion. I had slipped into it gently, the way you must reach out to catch a gently floating thistle seed. So, when I saw my lute, the welter of hot emotion brought me crashing out of spinning leaf like a sparrow struck with a stone. The name of the wind tattered to shreds, leaving me empty and blind. Looking around at the madly dancing leaves, I could see no pattern at all, only a thousand wind-blown razors slicing at the air. I finished my slow circuit of the tree with a knot of worry tightening my stomach. The presence of my loot made one thing clear. Any of these objects could be a trap someone had left for me. Vashet had said the test was more than what I brought back from the tree. It was also how I brought it and what I did with it afterward. If I brought out the heavy bar of gold and gave it to Shaheen, would that show I was willing to bring money back to the school? Or it would signify that I would cling greedily to something heavy and unwieldy, despite the fact that it put me in danger. The same was true of any of these things. If I took the red shirt, I could be seen as either nobly striving for the right to wear it, or arrogantly presuming I was good enough to join their ranks. This was doubly true of the ancient end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Uh, a couple things spring out to me on this page. The first one is perhaps a bit of a meta-commentary, which is that it seems to me that the thing that Quoth sort of imagines as being the best the best case scenario, the best win, is to stay at school forever. <laughs> which, knowing Rothfuss's history, I think is kind of telling, right? Like, Rothfuss was uh, involved in, in school for a long time. He was an, a TA, I think, and, and like a perpetual student, much like Manet. For a very long time, and so I feel like there's a bit of, of some, some personal feelings bleeding into this page where he's like, ah, yes, enough gold to pay tuition forever, no matter how expensive it becomes. That would truly be a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's not totally clear to me that that's what Quoth's imagining is like his ideal scenario, but it is certainly, I can think of worse fates for Quoth than to spend his life living the life of the mind, you know? Like, if... If he didn't have so many other kind of tragic, traumatic things in his life, you know, I feel like being a perpetual academic wouldn't be the worst thing that could happen to him. Oh, totally. I feel like that would be 
that was like the life he imagined before the tragedy happened to him, right? And if yeah. it were not for the tragedy, that's what he would strive for. Okay, wait, I have a question. Um, how long is post course at the university meant to be? Like, you know, like a bachelor's four years kind of thing. It's not like... structured in that way. Okay. Yeah. Like, so he really could just stay there forever. I think that once you reach the rank of alpha, the only other like progression you could achieve is becoming a professor, right? And I, you know, I, and it's not really clear how long one how long it takes to advance from like for each of those grades and then how long after you advance from the last one you might take to become a professor and yeah, what that process it, it is it seems like. like it's just when you're ready right yeah both like quoth becomes rilar very quickly because you know as part of his various uh <laughs> as part of him being on the horn so often they also are like okay you're also ready to be rilar right but it doesn't seem like there's a, a clear trajectory. Yeah. Although that does bring me in mind of like, there doesn't seem to be a lot of space in the world as we've seen it so far for graduates. Like there's all these undergrads and then there's a few masters or, you know, workers at the school who are clearly full mm -hmm. arcanists, but we don't see like a whole community of graduated arcanists. We just really see Ben and Kotikas. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, if you graduate the school, Either you become a teacher or you become like a working arcanist out in the world. And it seems like there, as Nick says, there aren't actually that many of those positions available. Because like, surely every aristocrat who can already afford to have their personal arcanist has one already. I mean, they get old and would need to be replaced at right. some point. But how, like, you know, when you think about it, like, how many of those positions could there possibly be? Maybe they do interns. <laughs> <laughs> So, but to the page, there is another thing that really jumps out to me, and it's the quotes like anger and shame at being revealed for a musician, which is a little odd to me because he's normally so proud of being a musician, and it feels to me like it's the anger and shame at being compared to a horror that he is reacting to. Well, yes. I mean, I think it's also the anger that someone went and touched his stuff. Like, I vividly remember when I came back for my second year of university, when I'd moved into an apartment with some people, I came back after my like summer away to my apartment and someone was drinking out of my favorite mug and I wanted to like strangle them. <laughs> and I recognize that that's like an irrational reaction, but I realized then like, I don't like it when someone like touches my stuff without my permission yeah, or knowledge. Yeah, this is a Goldilocks situation. Someone slept in his bed. <laughs> no, normally I would agree with you, but I think that him going into a hyperbolic description of, you know, a cheap and tawdry whore. Like, that's what really irks him. Why not well, both? To be thought that way. To well, be thought of that way. And and what I'm getting at is that I think this reveals more about Quoth than it does about the the community, the culture. Like, he he's proud of being a musician, and I don't think it's... Like, I, I think if he's sort of able to present himself as a musician in his own terms like he did with Vashit, he has no problem with it. It's the idea of being compared with a whore. And I think this reveals more about Quo's attitude toward his idea of what sex work is and to be perceived as someone who is of a kind with a sex worker. I think this is a rare mask off moment for Quoth and who's not really confronting like what it means about himself he, to think that. Also, okay, wait, the question that I have when I read this page is if he doesn't take the loot, does that mean he never gets it back? Well, he doesn't take the loot. He does get it back, so we know that for sure. I know, but like... Well, yeah, in this moment, he doesn't know that. That's true, right? too, yes. But here's the thing. True. We, I think that he, like, we have already seen how protective he is of his loot. Like, he hates other people touching it. So, not, like, leaving aside for a moment what the Adem think of musicians, I think he's just really angry that someone, like, 
someone touched his loot without his permission. And then, as far as he's concerned, I don't actually know that it does reflect on how he feels about sex work so much as how he knows the ADEM feel about sex work. Because he is taking this as a sign that they've, like, his big secret that he's been trying to keep to, like, to present himself well to these people is out. And they all think of him in this way. And he believes he's being taunted. Now, I don't actually think that there's any evidence at all that he is being taunted by them. Exactly. And that's why I think it's more revealing about Quoth. And I think that we can and should tie this attitude back into his attitude towards Denna. In that he, like, never confronts the fact that she's a sex worker because he has so much scorn and, dete- and like, and, and like disgust towards sex workers. I don't actually think that he does, though. Like, I think that <laughs> I think that his reaction is not necessarily of like direct scorn and disgust for that. I do think that it's um, I think that it's like a, a bias that he has that he should address. But I don't think that he would even recognize it as it being like a direct like like feeling a certain way about sex work i don't think that he himself would make that connection unless someone pointed it out totally i totally agree i think he he thinks he probably thinks he's very open-minded about it but when confronted with the moment where he's like oh now everyone thinks i am of a kind with a sex worker i am like angry and disgusted that they would think that i guess and i think that like so he kind of like that's an emotion he has he has it in his own brain and he's not advertising it and it's something that he'll have to address later but like I don't think it, like, makes him, a, like, a bad person. No, it doesn't make him a bad person. It's, it's an interesting bit of color. And uh, to preempt what I think you you may say, Jeremy, because we know, he, we and he know so little about what's coming in this test, that's another part of why he might be a bit frantic about it. He's like, does this, does this affect my performance on the test? As Jordana said, if I don't retrieve it, is it lost forever? Uh, you know, will it be tossed in a fire and then I'll have to say the loot, the loot, the loot is on fire. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like... Okay, I have a question. If you were Quoth, what would you have picked? Without the knowledge of of what he actually picked... I would have picked the loot. Yeah. Because that's who I am. Yeah. And I think that that's what... I think Vashet put it there expecting that he would take it. Yeah. Also, he left the loot with Vashet. They didn't go into his room to take the loot. He left it with Vashit at Vashit's place. Because, to, as if to say, I think what this test is all about is like saying, who are you? And I think maybe the fact that he doesn't take the loot shows that he is maybe not fully comfortable with himself, which is totally normal for a person that age. Well, it here's, before he sees the loot, he's in a state, he's in the naming state, right? He is like operating on like subconscious instinct and then seeing the loot, throws him out of that state, and he instantly becomes self-doubting, right? He he becomes, like, he second-guesses every choice, and he, he, I think what he ends up doing is actually better than it would have been if he took the loot, because it's hard as hell. But, like, <laughs> the, like, I don't actually think the loot was put there to entrap him, but it definitely, if it was put there to entrap him, then it does a great job because it instantly makes him doubt everything and start to second guess, which is not a thing that you want to have happen in a test like this. Uh, I think every every object is a trap, but also every object is correct. Like, I think... Because it's also how you bring it back. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. as he points out, like, oh. he doesn't know, he doesn't know enough about 
what the ADEM are going to think about anything to make a correct choice with any of these objects. The loot isn't the correct choice, I just realized, because he's no longer in the state in which he can see the wind, and without that ability, he can't safely bring the loot back. If he were to take the loot back, he would he would risk the, the sanctity of his loot. Yeah, so the that loot too. isn't the, the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's open to interpretation, right? I think that's the real risk. He ends up doing something that cannot be misinterpreted also, which is, I think, why it's, you know, ultimately the only correct choice and why it's, it's a mm-hmm. Kobayashi Maru situation. Because no matter what he picks, it's open to the judgment, the interpretation and judgment of the, of Shaheen, but also with the weight of the other, uh, the other, all the other school participants yeah. there, right? So... There's no wrong choice, and I think for an ADEM, this is more of like a rite of passage than a test. Mm-hmm. I think that for a naturalized ADEM, it's like you know you you pick it the thing, and it says something about you, mm-hmm. and you know you're either ready or it's like a it's like a dissertation. You're when you do your dissertation or your thesis defense, you're gonna pass because to allow you to get in the room to do your defense if you're not ready is like. Is, it doesn't happen, you know? So probably if you're an ADEM, you know, whatever you pick is sort of okay, and they, they find a way. If you're ready, they say, okay, you passed, and this is what it says about you. Um, but the same is not true for Quoth. Who knows? Maybe they were all, they were always planning on, on saying no and executing him after this until he does what he does. Okay. And... Mean and shows that there's no <laughs> there's there's no other way, no two ways about uh, letting him in. What do we think about the other objects? I wonder if they have significance to other cultures, maybe, or just to other people in the community. Well, I, I mean, on the previous page, we talked about all the other objects and how they were significant in Adem culture, right? Like, yeah. so well, it's the piece of silk. Another type of sword. Those... The blue flowers. Aren't the flowers around the Cathay blue flowers? Yeah, oh, that's be interesting. Uh, if they were Cathay flowers. Mm-hmm. And the vintage halfpenny. See, that I don't understand either, but that's why I wonder if there's if there's some significance. That, and that's probably what it is, that these things have significance that Quoth simply... Like, Quoth hasn't learned everything there is to learn about mm-hmm. about the Adam, so there must be things in here that have significance that he just hasn't encountered. Yeah, and he says as much either right before this or right after this. Like, he didn't understand enough of the cultural context to know what the connotations of picking any of these objects might be. And that each the ones he does know, he's like, they're, they're, you could take this any number of ways. Mm-hmm. Jordana? Um, I forget what he brings back. <laughs> well, 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 we'll get there. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I I feel like I would like to revise my answer as to what I would bring back, but also I'm terrified that I'm saying this thing because it is what he actually brings back. But I don't think it is. I feel like he brings back like the sword or something, but yeah, I, I really don't remember. Anyway, what do you think he brings back? What are you going to change your answer to? No, 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 I think he brings back the sword. But what I think would be another cool option for what he could bring back would be like okay so you know how the swords are tied to the tree with the rope uh-huh just the rope why would you bring that uh because that would show that like he doesn't need any of these objects the thing he needs is the lessons he's learning through being there and being part of the community well the risk is Quoth doesn't get to decide what it means when he brings <laughs> something back right it's up to somebody else so well, you might bring the, yeah, like, bring the rope back and like why'd you bring me the rope this well, is just like a piece of trash I don't think you get a chance to explain yourself though oh. it's either you're in or you're out fine whatever uh, <sighs> well I feel like we've we've really uh, beaten this page to death uh, with our various swords ropes silks 
flowers, scroll cases. Mm-hmm. And we'll beat you to death. <laughs> On tomorrow's page! And we're over here on this side. We've got a decent Are size we waveform. Well, I'm just seeing if I need to mess with the gain at all. If we're going to be... Yeah, if I'm talking all the way over here... You're good. I'm still coming Pull through. It down here. Speak, Jeremy. I'm still speaking. I'm going to continue to speak. Speak, speak, speak. I want to speak, too. And I'm speaking over here. Speak, speak, speak. I think we're going to get... It'll be speak, okay. Speak, speak. I mean, Nick's going to be the loudest, but... Yeah, speak your booty. Well, we're in here. Speak your booty. Speak, speak, speak. Speak, speak, speak. Speak your booty. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs>